This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, I'm Pablo Espinosa with Look West. Joining me today is Look West podcast producer Don Andrews. Hey, Don. Hey, Pablo. Back in March 2020, we released a Look West episode titled Quarantine Live in California. It featured nearly a dozen members of the Assembly Democratic Caucus. With the state of California now moving to a post-pandemic status, you talk with some of those same Assembly members. What do they say? Well, Pablo, some 15 months ago, the recurring themes from all of the members we talked with was we can overcome this pandemic together. They and their staffs have been working hard to provide the public with accurate information and help individuals and businesses survive, and that the upside of stay-at-home orders was more family time, cooking, baking, bike rides, walks, even family yoga classes. So I asked Assembly members Kati Petrie-Norris, Mike Gibson, Christina Garcia, Tasha Berner-Horvath, and Jose Medina what it was like to serve their communities during a pandemic, what COVID-related technologies will be useful in a post-pandemic world, and what they're looking forward to doing now that the restrictions are being lifted. Let's hear from Assembly member Petrie Norris first. Well, I had only been serving in the state assembly for a little over a year when uh, the COVID-19 pandemic hit and uh, took over took over every aspect of our lives. And so I certainly, I and, and none of my colleagues could ever have expected that. And I remember saying to my, my team on uh, the the first uh, moments of the pandemic that I didn't run to to do this job so that I could post things on Instagram or uh, go to events with the Newport Beach Chamber of Commerce, right? I, I ran to serve our community. And uh, certainly over the course of the last 15 months, uh, that, that need has never been more urgent or more profound. And I've been so proud of the way that, that my entire office sprang into action to meet people's needs and to fill gaps throughout this crisis. The technologies that we've been able to leverage throughout this pandemic, I think have, have really proven to be lifesavers uh, for government, for business in, in so many different contexts. Uh, I'm so grateful that we were able to have virtual office hours on Zoom, that we were able to do virtual town halls and bring experts from across the state and across the country to answer our constituents' questions in real time. And uh, so I think that there's been some exciting things that we've been able to do. And certainly we wanna make sure that we continue to do virtual office hours and virtual town halls to use that to supplement our in-person events and activities as we move forward. And it is a supplement. It's an addition to, not something to replace the in-person meetings. Absolutely, absolutely. Zoom and this this uh, Hollywood Squares way of way of uh, operating certainly can make some things more efficient. It's been a lifesaver over the course of the last year and a half. But I know I really miss that in-person connection, and uh, I'm looking forward to being able to to reconnect with folks in the flesh and in real life. Some of the members have mentioned that they are suffering from Zoom fatigue. What, what about you? <laughs> yes, I think uh, I think it's fair to say we're all we're all suffering from a little bit of Zoom fatigue, and I think there's a real joy when we're able to to reconnect in person. When you know when I've started to have meetings with constituents in person, or uh, starting to do some some smaller events in person there's a real joy about it. And, uh, and I think we've, we've all missed seeing each other and uh, all missed that, that sense of connection that, uh, 
you just really can't replace with a, with a Zoom screen. Last year when I spoke to the members, there were a lot of you who mentioned how proud you were of your communities coming together, neighbors helping neighbors, nonprofits upping their game, businesses retooling to help the communities. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to see your communities come together to try and overcome a pandemic? I'll tell you, it, it was absolutely phenomenal. In the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this just unprecedented emergency, so many people asked and reached out to us to say, how can I help? What can I do? And in big ways and in small ways, we saw people just stepping up and stepping in to meet the needs of our community. And it was inspiring. It was life affirming. And for me, it really was a, uh, a, bright, a bright ray of light in a very dark period. On a personal side, did you also get a chance to, in your household, have a chance to spend more time with your youngsters? And uh, can you talk a little bit about how that worked for you? Yeah, this uh, period really, I think, gave us all a moment uh, when we were forced to slow down. Um, but that also gave us a moment when we were able to I think, reflect and to focus on what's really important. And I know uh, for, for our family, it had been many years since on a normal weeknight, we would were able to actually cook a meal together, sit down and enjoy it together. We had just gotten into a routine of I'm busy, my husband's been busy, my kids are busy, and we'd grab takeout every night and always be sort of rushing to and from like kind of you know, trains leaving a station. And so during the pandemic, it was, it was a, a really blessed kind of ritual that we got into. I, I was the, uh, I was the shopper and the sous chef. My husband is our, was our, our chef. And we would every night uh, stop our, our virtual work at like six o'clock and make a cocktail together and start to make dinner. And um, it really gave us some incredibly special moments together. Now that we're moving back into a in-person world, as more people get vaccinated, what's on your list of things to do? Baseball games, family reunions, uh, what's on your list? I'll tell you, so two things I really miss are live music and dancing. So I cannot wait to go to a concert. I cannot wait to go out for a night of dancing with my girlfriends. Well, thank you, Assemblymember. Really appreciate your time, and I do hope you get to go to a concert and do some dancing soon. Yes, I've got, we've got something actually lined up in September, but I feel like we're going to have to, we just bought tickets for this a festival in September, but I feel like that might be a little too far away. So I'm uh, looking, for, looking for something over the summer as well. San Diego's Assemblymember Borner Horvath also spoke with us about what the last year and change has been like. I think the last 14 months have been tough on everybody. Uh, I think especially what's been difficult is getting the calls from our constituents who really need help, especially with EDD and getting unemployment to survive um, the, the pandemic and, and the economic impacts of the pandemic. And so I was so proud of my office. Uh, you know, they've basically become social workers and but they really pivoted to provide these constituent services remotely. Um, you know, we developed a whole series of teletown halls to provide information to residents because there was so much misinformation out there. And so we've done them on how to stay safe. What does this mean for kids' mental health? 
what are we are going to do we've done even you know a lot of e-bikes have been very popular among kids in my district and so we've done e-bike webinars and so you know how do you cope as a parent with kids at home and all the different issues that have come up um, because the pandemic just wasn't about um us being able to deal with this virus and react to it but it's the, all the human impact that it brought with it now we're slowly carefully trying to resume normal operations as people get vaccinated and i'm wondering if some of the techniques and technologies that you were able to use to serve your constituents and the people of your communities will you be able to continue will there be some use for those during the next as we move back to more normal operations well, I think especially in my district, transit to our district office, um, even though it's a very accessible place in the district, a lot of folks find it difficult to come into the office. So I think for so many people, being able to keep the remote access will help them get even more services. Um, did you like Zooming? Do you, do you like the online video chat? I love it because it gives you more access to people. I especially think about this on the on the legislative side. I've had so many groups who probably from North County, San Diego, it's hard to get to Sacramento to advocate for things they're passionate about, but we can get on Zoom. Nobody has to leave their home and they still have access to me. And I get to hear from my constituents directly on the things that are important to them. Um, and I don't know if that's gonna go away completely. I think, you know, teleworking is, you know, to some degree is here to stay and it was possible before and now we've just proven that it works. And so um, it doesn't replace the face to face. I just want to be clear about that. It is important to have that face to face with people, um, that human connection. But in terms of access and accessibility, I, I think, uh, you know, it has a lot of advantages. You mentioned last year when we spoke that you were proud and pleased to see neighbors helping neighbors, businesses and nonprofits retooling to help communities. Can you talk a little bit about how that felt to see everybody come together to try and overcome a pandemic? I'm a third generation North County San Diego resident, so I've always known that the strength of our communities is in our caring for one another. And I think, you know, the pandemic just highlighted that, you know, you had parents getting together and doing grab and go groceries for families that were really hardest hit from the pandemic. We had the county and the city of Vista and Vista Unified in my office come together to put in uh, at first testing and one of our hardest hit zip codes in Vista. And later that's a vaccination site, a walk-up vaccination site in this hardest hit zip code. People have come together, you know, you have the North County Food Bank who was feeding the community before the pandemic and they just upped their game. And so you have Universidad Popular who really, you know, made sure that they were reaching out and letting everybody know, here's how you could get tested. There's no cost. Here's where you get your vaccine. There's no cost. You know, you really had school districts and teachers in really difficult time coming together, say, what is the best practice? How do we do this? And that kind of ability to look at what can we do together versus what's so awful about the pandemic, because there were so many awful impacts, so many people in our community have been lost. Um, but that ability to come together and see the bright side is, is what I think got us through, and it's a shining example of what makes North County San Diego great. Now, on a personal side, I recall speaking with yourself and the other members about the pandemic, the lockdown order specifically gave each of you an opportunity to spend more time with your families and doing things like going for bike rides, uh, baking, 
Was that a silver lining, if you will, to spend a little bit more time with your family doing things like that? I think so. I think, you know, my family, my husband and I, we tried to lead by example. And so we didn't talk about the downsides of the pandemic. We talked about how people were feeling and we tried to, you know, be optimistic because however we lead as parents is how our children you know, experienced the world. So we played lots of board games, you know, my husband installed a dart board in the backyard. And so we started playing darts, you know, we did barbecues, my son's become an excellent uh, barbecue chef, you know, we, we would do all sorts of fun things. And, you know, we still do our bike rides. And I think those are things that we're going to continue. And it kind of recentered us as a family in that way. Um, and I really am thankful for, you know, both my marriage and, and our, uh, the love that we have in our family that we could build each other up um, during this time. So if you don't mind my asking, who's the best dart player in your family? I'd say it's me and my husband would say it's him. I know that lots of folks, especially once they're vaccinated, are looking forward to doing things that we weren't able to do, going to baseball games, uh, events. You mentioned person-to-person -person community gatherings. Um, is there anything on your to-do list once we get a chance to go back? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We already bought tickets at the Moonlight stage for their production. Um, uh, I think it's coming up in June. I want to say we purchased tickets for On Your Feet, which is now my daughter plays Gloria Stefan all the time to practice for that. And that's in the fall. And there's another one coming up uh, in, in June that we're looking forward to. Well, thank you very much for your time today and best of luck at your next dart game. <laughs> thank you so much, Don. Take care. Assemblymember Mike Gibson from Los Angeles also talked with us. Assemblymember Gibson, you and the rest of the legislature restructured your offices and operations to serve your constituents and communities during a pandemic about 14, 15 months ago. You managed to get accurate information about COVID out to the public, accurate information about staying safe and how to keep others safe out to the public, and of course made sure that the public was able to still have their voices heard on important issues, not to mention just the help that your offices were able to provide to those who've been impacted. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like? Absolutely. First of all, thank you very much. It's great to be on your show. Um, without a doubt, this pandemic has affected us physically, mentally, and financially. My district is the sixth poorest district in the state of California and the second highest unemployment rate. Um, since this pandemic has hit, my office has been working day in and day out to answer hundreds of constituent calls, some of which are still um, individuals who are still hurting to this day. They have still some outstanding issues that must um, and needs to be to, be to address. This pandemic has put <clears throat> our most vulnerable community on edge when it comes to paying their rent and whether or whether or not the family can put food on the table. That is why I've hosted a whole bunch of town hall meetings in English and Spanish and Tagalog um, in partnership with local health providers so that people in my community can get a better understanding about this pandemic. Now we're on this campaign to making sure that people receive the vaccines, the vaccinations. And so we're doing, even now, we've partnered with other healthcare organizations to, to bring these vaccines to you on your street, on your block, at your church, at the grocery store, at your um, Boys and Girls Club, at your um, 
your barbershop as you go and get your, your hair cut and shaved up. We are doing everything that we can to making sure that we can get back to normal. Uh, we've lost so many lives um, and we wanna make sure that we lose no one else. Do you anticipate as we move back to the more in-person life uh, that you'll be able to utilize some of the technologies and, and techniques that you've used over the past year or so uh, to continue to help the people in your communities? Absolutely. Um, you know, we need to make sure that one, everybody's connected. We had two Californians in the midst of this pandemic, people who had access to the internet service and people who didn't have access. That's why I authored Assembly Bill 1425 to connect everybody. Um, I got to ask you, do you like Zooming or do you, are you suffering Zoom fatigue? You know what? Uh, um, I do enjoy Zoom. I don't think that... Um, I appreciated the onset, but I absolutely do now because it still allowed me to stay connected to people. Um, I, you know, meet my doctor through telemedicine, through Zoom. Um, I checked on family members um, in other states to make sure they were safe. We did a, a, a family check-in um, from all over the country to make sure everybody, we use Zoom. And so Zoom is here. Zoom keeps us, um, keep people uh, accessible. Again, think about it, without broadband, you, can know, you can't Zoom. And so we need Zoom. We need the internet access um, so that people can go do telemedicine and do telehealth and things of that nature was absolutely important. And it could also turn out to be a very useful tool, not a replacement of, but a very useful tool in the education system as well. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Now, I do recall during our conversation last March that you were very proud of how your neighbors were helping neighbors, your nonprofits and businesses were coming together to try and help each other overcome this pandemic. We're not there yet, but I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how proud you were and how pleased you were to see the community come together. I've seen my community rise up in food giveaways. I've seen, even in my own kitchen, we cooked uh, food and we took it down to my community in Wilmington and fed the homeless to making sure they didn't go without. And so I see this great um, outpouring of community that even to this day, people are still giving and people are coming out of their homes and they want to find out what they can do to help their neighbors and their brothers and their sisters and things of that nature. I'm wondering if you and your household uh, have anything on your list of stuff you'd like to do once we do get to have person-in-person -person meetings and, uh, I don't know, a baseball game, uh, just a sit-down with all of your relatives where you get to hug your nieces, nephews, and grandmas. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to a, a time when we can all have a family reunion again, because we couldn't do it in 2020, that we can join with all of my aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews and cousins from all over the country that we can uh, pick back up and celebrate our 37th or 38th family reunion um, again um, where and that's going to be a joyous time. Assemblymember Gibson thank you very much for your time and your insights. I appreciate you being on the episode. Thank you very much. Assemblymember Christina Garcia told us that she and her office worked even longer hours than normal trying to assist the people of her communities. So my team has been very busy, uh, like I think all offices with constituent uh, work on EDD has been a big one, but uh, everything and anything you can imagine at some point, my staff was joking that if I like make a wish, we'd get calls for, for all kinds of assistance. 
you know, interestingly enough, little things like we sent out a mailer saying, here are some basic financial like uh, places you could ask for help. And I had a senior citizen in the city of Montebello call me. He's like, this is the first correspondence I've gotten from a government agency. Like, thank you for the information. She's like, I don't even know where to get a mask. This was like early on in the pandemic. She's like, and I can't, I'm afraid to leave my house. And so I was like, I'm like, I will have someone deliver you some masks. Don't worry about that. Uh, and then it was bigger things, right? People who haven't been paid in months, who have claims for DDD who are lost uh, and having real insecurities for their families and the stress and trauma that's, that's on them. Um, but we have used Zoom, we have used Google, we, you know, we really need to, we will, we, we have made exceptions where we'll meet a constituent in the office. Uh, we've had like a checkout system for the office when there's staff that feels they need to come into the office, even just as they need the space that's not home to work, that gets, you know, overwhelming as well for individuals. We have a checkout system so they could be in the office by themselves uh, and be safe. You've, as you mentioned, utilized Zoom and uh, broadband. Uh, do you anticipate as we move to a more in-person type of world, that uh, situation, I should say, that you'll be able to utilize those same technologies and techniques to continue to use those in the more in-person type of world? Definitely going to continue to use it. I think I split my time between being in the capital and being in the district. And at times I'll take a phone call with a constituent when they want to talk to me and can't set up a meeting on, you know, when I'm home and Zoom allows for a little more intimate conversation with that constituent. I feel like they feel a little more heard when we see each other's faces. And so when feasible, we are going to continue to use Zoom. But I'm always looking for ways to be more accessible. So I don't see it as a replacement tool, but in addition to when I give people the options, it's like, do you want a meeting in person? That's going to take a little more time. Do you want a phone call? We could do that, but assume, you know, it's also an option. I recall speaking with you last spring about how you were so pleased to see neighbors helping neighbors, nonprofits stepping up, businesses stepping up, retooling to figure out a way to help the community. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that felt to see our communities come together to try and overcome a pandemic? I think most recently with the vaccine outreach, I'll give you an example. It's early on and vaccines were limited access and, and now we're in a different phase, but my area and the speaker's area were the most unvaccinated areas in um, the state and or, or in Southern California, just actually, let me be clear, uh, you know, but also one of the hardest hit Southeast LA County, one of the hardest hit with infections, with deaths, with hospitalizations. And so it was like a hot spot there. Uh, and so how did, how do we get vaccines into people's arms without, you know, breaking the rules and that, that do qualify? And so that was a community coming together. It was council members, local leaders, community groups just saying, okay, like, let's just create our own campaign. We don't need to wait for anyone. Like if FEMA's gonna, if FEMA's willing to give us 700 vaccines, let's make sure we get 700 people that qualify in here. And so folks would do what they needed to do. And when you would have people working until midnight, you'd have people knocking on doors. I mean, it was just like, creativeness of like, well, let's get creative and like, let's do this in a culturally sensitive way and get people vaccinated. And so no one complained, no one was being paid, everyone was volunteered. Uh, and we had some very successful, successful drives. And it was just like, we knew that a vaccine in any community member for that region meant that we were a step closer to being safe. Without diminishing the impacts of the pandemic, was that something of a silver lining to see the community come together, to work together, to try and help each other? I think it's like reminds the community both of how much power there is there and how you can come together to be your own agent to solve your problems, right? And we couldn't do that without the help of FEMA and the state. They needed to provide the vaccines. But I think once they came the first time and they saw the work, they kept coming back. Uh, and so I, th and I think in a lot of respects, it became a model for other communities of how to do outreach. 
I think the, the pandemic showed both the vulnerabilities and the inequities in our state, but it also showed the strength and the resilience of communities like mine. As more and more people get vaccinated and we get to do more and more things, baseball games or family reunions and so forth, I'm wondering for you, um, what's on your list of things you'd like to do once we're able to go all in person again? I do a big vacation every year where I travel to another country for at least a month and just kind of immerse myself there. and Don't show up with too much of a plan other than to, you know, get to know a community and I've had to postpone that trip for over a year and a half now. Uh, and so I look forward to being able to do one of those immersive trips uh, in the near future when it's safe enough for, for us to do that type of travel. Uh, we had our first uh, get together with my parents and my siblings for, for Mother's Day. We hadn't been together since the whole pandemic. So it was definitely very nice and exciting just to have that moment. And what we did was uh, stay at home and watch TV and talk, but we hadn't had that moment together. And it felt so nice versus having to do it on Zoom, which is what we've been doing the whole uh, pandemic. Well, thank you very much, Assemblymember Garcia. We really appreciate your time, and, and I hope your next journey uh, to wherever you travel is a good one and enjoyable. Thank you. Hopefully, Vietnam. I hope it's feasible come November. For Assemblymember Jose Medina, the pandemic changed things quite a bit. It was a, a very different experience, um, but I do think that the state of California did a remarkable job uh, during the pandemic, uh, both in as you said, getting information to my constituents, uh, staying in contact with my constituents, um, making sure that we stayed safe, making sure that, that, um, that the numbers stayed low. And then when the vaccines came out, uh, I think uh, after a little bit of a rocky start, um, we did a great job. And now we are gaining uh, the fruits of that good work that the state of California did with having such low numbers. Were there techniques or technologies that you got to utilize, needed to utilize during the past year that you'll continue to use uh, as we move forward into, uh, as you mentioned, a more in-person kind of life? Well, uh, certainly uh, technology took a, a front seat, right? Uh, in our Zooms, I guess Zoom, Zoom was the operating word. and. And I, I think we, we used it effectively in my district. We had a, a couple of events, one of them being in, in the public health uh, area where we had public health officials give information. And I thought given the circumstances, it was very effective. Um, and we will probably continue to do some of those kind of distance meetings. And, and it, I say it was effective, but probably not completely as effective as uh, the person to person. And I know that for me, and I think probably for, you know, other folks, person to person meetings are, are just so valuable. There was a thing called Zoom fade or Zoom burnout. And I got to ask you, Assemblymember Medina, did you like Zooming? Are you tired of it? I No, I, I would say candidly that, that I am tired of it. And I did uh, suffer from Zoom fatigue. And, and I don't know, you know, I, I read that the, the idea of staying in front of a computer uh, for many hours and interacting with people on the computer was much more draining to individuals uh, than in-person meetings. And, and that's what I found. When we talked to you in the spring of 2020, one of the things you mentioned was how much you were 
pleased and proud to see your community working together. Can you talk a little bit about how nice it was to see your communities working together uh, to try and overcome the pandemic? Yeah, uh, another one that I would mention is the schools and the schools offering the breakfast and the lunches uh, to everyone, to everyone in the community. And I saw unions do that and nonprofits do that as well. And then when the vaccine came along, you know, how many people came out to volunteer, to be there when people were starting to line up uh, to get the vaccine and to make that work so efficiently. So do you have a list of things that you'd like to do now that the public is going to be able to gather for baseball games or going to a, an event or a Disneyland or something? Is, is there anything on your list of I want to do these things now that we're slowly returning to normal? Well, I've, I, I think I've done some of them. And, you know, eating inside a restaurant was exciting. Uh, yesterday, the Latino Caucus uh, had the showing of In the Heights, and it was the very first time in over a year that I was in a movie theater uh, and, and that was exciting. And the, the movie was certainly uh, worthwhile and father's day is coming up and, and, and baseball is something uh, my children and I have always enjoyed. So uh, maybe I'll get to see uh, the Dodgers play on father's day. And that would be certainly something that I've missed and certainly look forward to. Well, I hope that we don't offend all the Giants fans out there by bringing up your... <laughs> Before I let you go, California, as you mentioned, did uh, have some hiccups and some struggles trying to deal with the pandemic and get the vaccine rollout and so forth. But can, as we say in the Look West podcast, can the rest of the country look west to California in how to deal with these things in the future? I think so. You know, I, I uh, praise our governor for how he handled the situation. And uh, I, I think, you know, the measures that he took um, were tough at the time, but as history has shown, it was all for the best. And, and I'm very proud uh, of, of the work that the governor and, and all of us have done uh, to keep the people of California safe. Assemblymember Medina and the other assembly members all noted that the pandemic is not over yet and that the impacts of the pandemic will be felt for quite a while longer. Thank you, Don, and thank you, of course, to Assemblymembers Petrie Norris, Gibson, Borne Horbath, Garcia, and Medina for being part of this episode. And, of course, thanks to the Look West Pot Squad. I'm Pablo Espinosa. Thanks for listening. The Look West podcast is produced by California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west. <laughs>